You're listening to the sixth season of Enacting the Kingdom, a podcast about the intersection of liturgy and life. I'm Father Jeffrey Reddy, Director of Orthodox Christian Studies at Trinity College, part of the University of Toronto. I'm also the Rector of Holy Merbera's Orthodox Mission in Toronto. I'm joined by my former student and good friend, Father Yuri Hladio, who pastors St. Maria of Paris Orthodox Mission in Hamilton. For our sixth season, Father Yuri and I will be making public our series on the Desert Fathers and Mothers of the Church, previously released only for our patrons. You'll be hearing the episodes exactly as they were originally released. We release special private issues for our Patreon subscribers on a weekly basis. If you like what you hear and you'd like access to more podcast content, you can go to patreon.com forward slash enacting the kingdom or go to enactingthekingdom.com and follow the link from there. For now, we hope you enjoy the public release of this episode. Welcome to the Enacting the Kingdom private podcast. You're listening to this because you've chosen to financially support this project, and Father Jeffrey and I are so grateful to have you as part of our Patreon community. As a show of our gratitude, please accept this Patreon-only episode as a special thank you. Three essential things for the spiritual life. Three essential things. That's one of the topics we're talking about today. We're also talking about prayer and differing gifts between uh, Christians. But let's start with those three essential things. And there's lots of sayings here with many essential things. I'm going to start with a short saying here, Father Jeffrey, and then we'll dive into what we make of them. Abba Andrew said, These three things are appropriate for a monk. Exile poverty, and endurance in silence. Exile, Mm -hmm. poverty, and endurance in silence. The first thing that comes to mind here is that Andrew is talking about appropriate for a monk. So I guess one place to start is us who live in, quote unquote, the world, is exile, poverty, and endurance in silence something that is not important for us or maybe appropriate to a lesser degree? Um, Yeah, how do we start to parse that out? Yeah, I I think... Sometimes just a matter of degree is the the way of of best assessing things like this. I mean, there's a freedom that those who have no earthly responsibilities to some extent, uh, you know, have in order to to pursue these things. But it doesn't mean that the same concept doesn't apply universally, right? So, I mean, the scriptures enjoin upon us to – think of having no permanent home in this passing away age, right? That that we are citizens of the kingdom, citizens of the life of the age to come, and that's where our hearts should be, that's where the totality of our lives, that's where everything should be oriented and directed to. So the whole concept of exile is one that says, I'm not settling down here, right? To be exiled is to, to be a foreigner, to be a sojourner, to be a pilgrim, and not to be somebody who's saying, yeah, uh, this looks good. I'm going to set up permanent residency here and make sure that future generations in my family are well looked after here in this place and, and so forth. So if we talk about um, exile in these terms, we should all be in exile, right? It's why in the, in the whole history of Israel, the normative period is the wilderness, is, is, is exile, not settling down and having... Um, land and king and 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 like all the other nations around right that there to understand you know that 
the tabernacle in the wilderness is the, the place which is most representative of God dwelling among amidst his people, knowing that this world is not the world to settle for in terms of this age, right? That eventually heaven and earth will come together and we will be in the fullness of the kingdom. Until we're there, we are in exile, right? And it may not look physically like it does for somebody who abandons the city and goes out into the desert and, and lives, you know, in in you know the kind of trappings of exile in, in that regard. But it might, you know, it might be that we have to give up, you know, home for travel, for 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 mission, for for being, you know, sent somewhere else because that's what we're called to do. It, it may mean that that we have no uh, kind of, you know, settled nationality and 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 permanent, you know, sense of home here. For 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 a great many people uh, who have been ordinary Christians clergy or lay, you know, not necessarily monks, they've had to, to live, you know, with a, a degree of exile. This has also been normative in the history of the Orthodox Church that, you know, we haven't always settled in to empire. We've, we've lived under oppression and, and, and periods of exile and, and, and so forth. And to be prepared for that by, by knowing that spiritually that should always be the case, I think is, is part of the, the equation mm-hmm. here. Poverty, again, manifests itself differently. If we're genuinely responsible for a family we can't live in utter penury but um but nevertheless being somewhat minimalist in our acquisition uh, focus on on what we genuinely need and and giving generously to to those who are in need is a way of expressing you know that that poverty living in interdependent love with people in a community and sharing and, and so forth is an expression of that kind of, of poverty and in our last episode we talked about silence right and endurance and patience and stillness for the sake of the other right uh being able to to uh, suffer anything knowing that this is not how things ultimately will be because that 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 shows where our hearts genuinely are oriented which is towards the fullness you know of all things we it's when we when we don't endure it's because we sort of assume well this is the permanent reality and that's because we've settled if we're not in exile we we think this is it then that becomes ultimately far more important than it should be and therefore we get terribly anxious about things going our way today in the moment, right? If I'm not healthy now, when will I ever be healthy? If I'm not gainfully employed now, when will I ever be? If I'm not happy now, well, then, it, you know, all bets are off. Well, that's not the case. We we can endure in the sense that we know this is the world in process. We are not at the destination. And, and, and so, you know, not saying put up with every abuse and so forth. That's a different kind of category here. But in terms of enduring the journey, enduring the exile, enduring the poverty is about knowing that this is not where things end, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, the Abba Andrew's three things here um, being essential, you know, are quite good. But as we're going to see, I mean, every one of the monks who's asked, you know, what are the three essential things or what are the essential things comes up with three and right, right. they have completely different lists, right? Which it's is like, uh, very, you, you can fun. tell they're not, uh, they're, this isn't a um, standardized list, right? This is not systematic theology exactly. by any means, right? Exactly. You know, but it's interesting that it's three always, right? Because, um, you know, three is has a kind of openness that 
you know, two doesn't, right? Two is a binary thing. It's, you know, off and on, it's one, it's zero, it's, it's, it's black, it's white. Um, but three doesn't, doesn't kind of settle down in quite the same way. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's telling that God is a communion of three persons, right? Not mm -hmm. two, um, two, two is always in opposition, right? Um, three, uh, breaks down those kind of dualities mm -hmm. and, and rather than being us, them either or whatever it, there's a kind of complexity and mystery to to three um which yeah. is which is fascinating and and i think that's why that's the desert fathers are always going to give us three things to think yeah. about because, three different things every time but three, things three different ones. you know none of them coincide with the with the other so it's not you know it's not that um you know one's right one's wrong it's just these are possibilities right and, well, let's go to uh, Abba Anthony. So someone asked Abba Anthony, what must one do in order to please God? The old man replied, pay attention to what I tell you. I remember listening to a Father Hopko talk when he was talking about this saying, and he made a big deal of, of pay attention to what I tell you. Like this is really important. It's almost like when Jesus says, amen, amen, I say to you. Yeah, right? it's like also this, Abba Anthony knowing that he said a great many things before and it hasn't been paid attention to. Right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, he says, whoever you may be, always have God before your eyes. Whatever you do, do it according to the testament of the Holy Scriptures. In whatever place you live, do not easily leave it. Keep these three precepts and you will be saved. So I'll, I'll kind of summarize those three again. Always have God before, no matter who you are, have God before your eyes. And whatever you do it, make sure whatever you do is according to the Holy Scriptures. And wherever you live, set your roots there. Don't leave it easily. Mm -hmm. Which is fascinating because exile was one of the ones that Abba An Andrew <laughs> said, right? Is there a right. contradiction here? What? There's paradox. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I, on one level, absolutely. Right. Um, because I even said, you know, one needs to be prepared sometimes to leave family, home, nation for the sake of the gospel. Right. I mean, it, our Lord says that to the disciples, right. Anybody who does these things, you know, will be blessed, you know, in the kingdom. And, and that's about not forming permanent attachments with things of this world that are passing away. So I think if Abba Antony is saying, you know, root yourself. I mean, don't easily be displaced from somewhere. He's probably not trying to contradict our Lord, but he's probably saying something a little bit different, uh, focusing on a, on, a, on a different aspect. And that is, of course, the tendency to flee, right? Flee when things get difficult, flee from suffering or find some way of avoiding um the challenges that, that are before us. We've heard those stories before about the, you know, well, I was angry in this community. So I left it and went to be by myself, but it turned out the anger was inside of me. Right. And so I have to return to the community and, and deal with it there. And it's that sense of, you know, face up to the challenges of where you are. Don't just look for the place where you think the grass is greener or the, mm -hmm. the road mm -hmm. easier or, or whatever. But I, I don't think, you know, if we were to systematize this, that Abba Anthony and Abba Andrew would be contradicting, you know, right. each other. But but how interesting are these things? You know, he says, you know, put God before your eyes, live according to the scriptures, and kind of face up to where the things, uh, you know, of where you are. And you sort of think, well, the three biggest and most important things in the spiritual life, you know, to this is what we need to do to please God, and this is what you come up with. You know, uh, it, you could mm -hmm. you could doubt. 
you know, to some extent. But I'll bet that there's some genuine human experience behind this, right? In his own life, in in the life of those that he's been working with, and and so forth. And probably this is, you know, that famous expression of you know, policy follows practice, right? You know, people don't say things or institute policies unless something you know was there that needed it. It's not an abstract inequality. So what's happening in Abba Antony's life and the, the monks that, that are following him? Well, you know, they're not always and everywhere having God, you know, before their eyes. Maybe they're getting distracted by all the things that they're doing and being told to do. And and, and they're not actually making all of that stuff, the fasting, the, the solitude, the prayer about God himself. It, that's the remarkable thing, isn't it? That all these Christian and religious things can be twisted into being something else. They become rules. They become, you know, just sort of rote. They become all kinds of things other than the point of it all is to have God before our eyes. So there's a timely reminder, you know, of that. If we're not doing that, nothing else is is useful, right? And then the doing of everything according to the testament of the Holy Scriptures, the grounding this in, you know, the, the 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 sacred scriptures and and principally in that story of God you know if we're going to put God before our eyes the second thing is to embody and implot ourselves into the whole narrative of 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 His own life because that ultimately is is the pattern that we take on and so we express it that way you know what else is there apart from having God as our goal and taking on the life of God as our the pattern you know of life and then if you're there doing those things. Don't leave that, right? But why would you, if you face difficulty, flee? Why would you just sort of up sticks and 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 try to find some other better place to to do all of that? The point is that thing, putting God before your eyes and living according to the Holy Scriptures, can be done anywhere under any circumstances, right? And so the first thing we should be asking in the spiritual life isn't, hmm, where could I do to practice this? You know, or, you know, where could I go uh, to, 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 to do this better or more easily or whatever? Or what are the circumstances in my life I need to set in order in order to start doing this? No, today, here, from this very moment, from this very second, put God before your eyes and live according to the, to the Holy Scriptures. It's possible. And it's what, you know, the, the, the monks in the desert do. I think we probably have time for one more of the three essential things. There is one that I really want to read. There's two that I really want to read, but we probably don't have time to comment on both. But let me read the first one and then the second one. So I'll read two in a row and we can comment on whichever one we we like better. Um, Okay, so the first one I'm going to do is from Abba Benjamin. This is, you know, my favorite. As he was dying, Abba Benjamin said to his sons, if you observe the following, you can be saved. Be joyful at all times, pray without ceasing, and give thanks for all things. That's that saying from Abba Benjamin. And Mm -hmm. the, the second one I want to do here is from Abba Elias. A brother who followed the life of stillness in the monastery of the cave of Abba Saba came to Abba Elias and said to him, Abba, give me a way of life. The old man said to the brother, In the days of our predecessors, they took great care about these three virtues, poverty, obedience, and fasting. But among monks nowadays, avarice, self-confidence, and great greed have taken charge. Choose whichever you want most. Mm -hmm. There you go. That one sort of cuts to the heart, right? Because we often choose what we want most 
right? Even if yeah. we say that we want something else, we actually really orient ourselves towards what we want most. And that can often be absolutely dangerous. Yeah. And I love the freedom of that. You know, here's three things and here's another three things, you know, um, Take, take your pick. Take, yeah, take your pick. And, and, and it comes down to desire, right? I think that that's, that's crucial. You know, this is a matter of the heart. You know, really ask yourself. Because it, it could be that the avarice, self-confidence, and great greed is what you want. You know, that's, that's a legitimate choice, right? It's not going to lead, you know, very far towards human well-being and wholeness and, and, and prosperity in the life of God. But it, Nonetheless, it's, it's open to you. Nonetheless, it's available, right? And I, I mean, it, it's charming how, you know, I'm not sure what year we would be by this point, you know, mm -hmm. 300 and something or whatever, you know, but nowadays, <laughs> you know, right, right, right. Uh, you know, things were always it, better in the good old days. Exactly. Now, those, you know, these young people. <laughs> Like this is the 360s and it was much better in the 350s or whatever. You know, it's like, uh, it's hilarious, right? It's it's always been the case that as, as we age, we sort of, we have this nostalgia and everything. And I'm of pretty course. sure that in, in um, you know, uh, Abba Elias's earlier days, it probably wasn't as rosy <laughs> as he remembers. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, poverty, obedience, fasting are the three things, you know, and then you'd You'd read the one from Abba Benjamin, Joy and Prayer and Giving Thanks, I mean, which sounds very Pauline. You know, the, I mean, this could be straight out of one of the epistles. It probably is. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, you can never run out of these triplets of, of things that are that are essential. And, uh, and but, but as Abba Elias says, it, it's a choice. You know, it comes down to how we ultimately decide. And we're, we're told... You, choose what what life do you want right what where do you want to go give us a direction here and and then follow that and you know it's how, how often do we just ignore that choice ignore we just sort of stumble through life with not really being properly deliberate about this well today a little bit of obedience maybe but uh, you know the great greed th thing sounds good to me too right we we, we live in this kind of in-between place where we're not ultimately committing ourselves and the monks here are asking us to do that choose whichever you want most well let's perhaps pivot to our second topic today which is prayer and differing gifts prayer and differing gifts so i'll read the first saying here from macarius and we'll dive right in this is indeed father jeffrey what i want most is to move mm -hmm. on to this next section here good um, wow. We'll do that then. <laughs> Abba Macarius was asked, how should one pray? Well, that's a good question, Father Jeffrey. How should one pray? Mm -hmm. The old man said, there is no need at all to make long discourses. It is enough to stretch one's hands and say, Lord, as you will and as you know, have mercy. And if the conflict grows fiercer, say, Lord, help. He knows very well what we need and he shows us his mercy. This, I mean, this really does reflect also the teaching of, of Jesus. Um, you know, when you pray, don't make long, mm -hmm. <laughs> don't go on and on and on and on and on, which, and then we read this, there's no need to make long discourses. Us as Orthodox, though, we like to stay yeah. in church and pray for a long time with long prayers. Is there perhaps mm -hmm. a discontinuity there? Like, would it be better for, you know, one of the things that um, people struggle with when forming a prayer rule is that they'll want to do, let's say someone wants to start doing evening prayers. They might do all of Compline, 
which, you know, if you read it straight without rushing, you might, you could do it in 10 minutes, maybe 15, depending on how fast or slow you read. Um, you know, a couple of Psalms, the Creed, the Doxology, a couple of long prayers, but then people sort of fall off the wagon and you often have to cut things like how, how, how short can we get this for you to just do it? Right. And here he just says, just lift up your hands and say, Lord, as you will, and as you know, have mercy. So, yeah, I'm wondering what, what the connection is between long discourses of prayer and the way us as Orthodox pray nowadays. Mm-hmm. Nowadays. Um, now, now, it's not like it, it was way better back then, <laughs> Father Jeffrey. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it's hard to, to say absolutely, but I think this is probably my favorite of all the Desert Father sayings. Um, and I just think it's one we need to return to again and again and again. And I'm, no matter how much we love liturgy, no matter how much we love staying in church and, and doing long vigils and, 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 and feasts and, and, and so forth, we need to remind ourselves that at the heart of it, if this isn't happening in the midst of all that, then it's vain. Then it's 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 useless. It is the, the, the vain heaping up of words, as our Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount, and then directs us to pray the rather simple but but all encompassing, you know, Lord's Prayer, right? Our Father. Um, and so this is even more simple with Macarius here. Um, and so clearly it excludes, you know, length and accomplishment and complicated vocabulary and sophisticated theology. All of that is unnecessary. So what is he really pointing us at when he says, enough to stretch up one's hands and say, Lord, as you will, and as you know, have mercy. Interesting, right? Um, so that the, the key prayer there is, Lord, have mercy, which we do have throughout our liturgical services. And some people think is vain repetition in and of itself. But if we properly understand Lord have mercy. We know that it's relational. It's it's God's covenant love that surrounds us, and that we are not plaintively asking for, but but absolutely proclaiming in that moment. This, you know, it's the many mercies. You know, of the polyaleos of you know your your steadfast love endures forever. Lord have mercy to stand in that place. Now, interestingly, the two things: as you will, and as you know. And I think that's absolutely key. You probably have this too, Father Yuri, but people come and they, 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 they struggle with their prayer life. And one of the things they struggle with is, well, I ask for things and I don't get them, <laughs> right? You know, I put the money in the vending machine, I press the buttons and something else comes out or nothing comes out, right? And it's where this, I think, comes into the full. It's not just about saying it doesn't have to be as complicated as that. It doesn't have to be all of our own ideas of what it's supposed to be either. It's as God wills and as God knows. You know, before we ask for anything, he knows what we need. So that's the as he knows bit. And he knows how to give it to us. He knows what's best for us. That's the as he wills part, right? So it's not. I'm not saying that there's no point to us bringing before God, the names of those people that we love, who are suffering, who are ill, who have, you know, different kinds of struggles or, or whatever. Uh, but we should never do so thinking we're reminding God of something he doesn't already know, right? That we're, we're somehow 
putting people higher up his list of priorities than he has them, right? By the way, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? I'm, I'm going to squeak a bit more. Um, so it's not about saying we, we, we don't, we should never, you know, do that, or indeed to ask for specific things, right? It's not, I'm not saying we, we shouldn't ever do that, but we have to subsume that under this category of as you will and as you know. Right. So in other words, in doing that, in bringing forward these petitions, in bringing forward these requests, in bringing forward the, the specific asks that we even have, which I think, I mean, the point of doing that is that we're concrete and we are, we're genuinely living in something and genuinely bringing the fullness of a situation, you know, to, to, to bear. But we don't do so thinking, God, you have to do this. This is the person and this is the way that you have to act. Because to do that is to undermine the whole point of the prayer, which is, Lord, as you will and as you know, have mercy. So if, I don't know, we, we, we should frame anything we do with this exact prayer, right? Uh, before we go into church, before we go to our private uh, devotions and bring forward petitions for, for others, if we, we say this and we say it at, at the very end as well, somehow that can remind us that the point isn't about some kind of you know, contract and some kind of cosmic vending machine that, that we're interoperating with. The point is precisely to, that we align ourselves, those we love, our whole lives with the, the grain of the kingdom of God, with that plan that God is unfolding and bringing into to being with, the, with the, the, the travails and groaning of creation towards new creation, of, of this world towards the union of heaven and earth that, that all, everything is all about. That's what God knows. That's what God wills. And if we ultimately do anything other than putting ourselves fully in his trust and in, within the context of his love, then, then we're missing the point, right? So I, I think, yeah, it's not to say let's not have church services, let's not have private prayer books or, or practices or, or anything like that. But we need to remind ourselves over and over, that's why I love this, this saying so much, that if it's not this, then it's nothing. Then it's, you know, if it's not placing ourselves completely within God's loving hands, within entrusting ourselves. That's what faith is. Because to not do this, I suppose, is to not have faith, right? It's to not trust in God. It's not to say God's will, God's knowledge is foremost here. We don't know or understand anything compared to what God knows and, and wills. And so I think continue to be specific, continue to, to, to say prayers, continue to have services, but frame it with this. And where necessary, you know, if we get so distracted by all that, and if it's a struggle to do all that, then this prayer alone suffices. That's the point, right? And so I think that's what, you know, St. Macarius reminds us of, of here, mm. which is just all important, right? And I find myself quoting this more often than anything else to people, you know, who seek guidance in, in prayer and, 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 and what they should be doing and that sort of thing. And it's again, not to say, yeah, reduce your whole prayer life to two seconds a day. That's not the point. This is what we should be saying all the time, right? This is the way we should right, orient right. our lives, right? So this is a, a more maximal thing than it is a minimal, right? So, but it is the whole point of, of the exercise, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go down to a saying from Abba Piman. Abba Piman said, If three men meet, of whom the first fully preserves interior peace, 
and the second gives thanks to God in illness, and the third serves uh, with a pure mind. These three are all doing the same work. This is pointing towards, you know, the one spirit working. Well, actually, the next saying here, Abba Piman said that Abba John said that the saints are like a group of trees, each bearing different fruit, but watered from the same source. The practices of one saint differ from those of another, but it is the same spirit that works in all of them. Mm -hmm. These different gifts, right? The, you know, when you read the lives of the saints, often there's... There's this through line of similarity, and sometimes the way that the hagiographies, hagiographies are formed, they're actually modeled after each other. But even taking that kind of off the table, there's this through line of um, the spirit, I guess we could call it. But then the actual particularities of life can be quite different. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, it's reflected in everything. We've talked about this as we've gone through this series, right? That you know they don't all say the same thing. That's part of that diverse fruit of the spirit that they exemplify, right? Which can be really frustrating if you want to have a is. clean, crisp, yeah. systematic theology. What is prayer? Well, for, you know, you'll get 12 different answers from 12 you know, different the, desert fathers. The New Testament is kind of like that too, where you read one Jesus saying one thing at one point, and then he says another thing at another point, and you want to be like, pick a lane. Yeah. If, but, but that's the whole point, is that the... the uh, I mean, I, I've said this often too, but, uh, you know, goodness and holiness is interesting, is diverse, is, is, has got this joyful diversity to it that sin doesn't, you know, sin is rather boring. You know, anybody who hears confessions knows how dull it is to hear the same things from every other person, you know, uh, constantly. Whereas you look at the lives of the saints, you look at the, 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 the sayings, of the desert fathers, it's just such variety and diversity and rich grace that is, that pours out in, in this, this joyful difference. Right. And, uh, I think that's something to be celebrated. You know, it's one of the main reasons to pursue holiness over sinfulness in, in life is to be more interesting. Right. <laughs> and so the, absolutely, as, as Abba John says, you know, the, each tree bears different fruit, but that all comes from the same source. Right. And that's the, the, the beauty of it, that we can draw strength from the same spirit, from the same grace of God. And yet, exemplify that in, in new and interesting ways. And every single one of us has a unique, you know, quality. You want to be boring. You want to be the same, be a sinner. You want to be unique, be a saint, because saints are all this beautiful, joyful uh, difference in, in the kingdom of God. And, I, and it is, it, it, this has been so exemplified in, in our reflection on all these sayings, but it, it's true of the, the lives of the saints. Yes, there's a pattern, you know, there's a pattern of, of, of Christ's own self-sacrificing love exemplified throughout, but in terms of, you know, just seeing that, that the detail of, of, of what holiness looks like, it is always and everywhere different and exciting and interesting. And I, I just think that's a, it's one of the things we should be, you know, leaning into more in terms of, of inviting people into this way of life is say, you know, you want to be more interesting than, than the world around you? Well, then follow this, you know, because you will have different fruit uh, from what anybody else ever did. Well, we'll have Abba Arsenius take us home today. It was told of a brother who came to see Abba Arsenius at Skitis that when he came to the church, he asked the clergy if he could visit Abba Arsenius. They said to him, Brother, 
have a little refreshment and then go see him. I shall not eat anything, he said, till I have met him. So, because Arsenius' cell was far away, they sent a brother with him. Having knocked on the door, they entered, greeting the old man, and sat down without saying anything. Then the brother from the church said, I will leave you, pray for me. Now the visiting brother, not feeling at ease with the old man, said, I will come with you. And they went away together. Then the visitor asked, Take me to Abba Moses, who used to be a robber. When they had arrived, the Abba welcomed them joyfully and then took leave of them without, with, with delight. The brother who had brought the other one said to his companion, See, I have taken you to the foreigner and to the Egyptian. Which of the two do you prefer? As for me, he replied, I prefer the Egyptian. Now a father who heard this prayed to God, saying, Lord, explain this matter to me. For thy name's sake, the one flees from men, and the other, for thy name's sake, receives them with open arms. Then two large boats were shown to him on a river, and he saw Abba Arsenius and the Spirit of God sailing in the one in perfect peace. And in the other was Abba Moses with the angels of God, and they were all eating honey cakes. Well, that does it for another episode of the private podcast of Enacting the Kingdom. Thank you again for all your support. Please feel free to comment with any follow-up thoughts or questions. Father Jeffrey and I read them all. Looking forward to having you back soon. 